G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it's great to have you here listening today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. This week, we're looking at part three of the Love Dates and Heartbreaks message series. And I'm sitting down with Chris Podlick from Beyond Church, and we're talking about transformation of ourselves in relationships. We look at the text of Romans 12 and what it looks like to have our minds continually transformed. Chris and I talk about common relationship mistakes, but we also talk about how we can avoid those. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Chris, we've had a podcast first. Uh, You definitely don't know what I'm referring to, but we've had a first, like something that's never happened in the history of the Beyond the Message podcast, which is over a year old now. Right, what happened? Any, Any guesses? I don't know. Someone other than my mum listened to it? Um, yes, but no. <laughs> Not the one I'm referring to. <laughs> um, Chris, did you get given anything in the last week? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I got some tea. Yeah. Tell us I this story. I'm throwing you, you know, like super just under the bus here. But what happened? Because I, I, I want our listeners to know the most incredible thing. Well, friends of the podcast. I, I love using that term, friends of the podcast. Yeah. Some friends of the podcast are in uh, our connect group or my connect group that Emma and I host. And I was just, we're just sitting here because we like at our group, it's like if you're in the group, the, the front door is open and it's like you're only, you're only allowed to knock your first time after that you have to walk <laughs> in. And so um, this couple walked in and then I just got given, like handed this like glass jar and was like, what have I been listening to? And it was Russian caravan tea. That's wonderful. Russian. And so I got to sample some Russian caravan tea. That's brilliant. For those who don't know what we're talking about at all, I'm pretty sure it was in the bonus episode of the last series with uh, us two and Riley. Mm. And we were talking about teas and Australian afternoon and and Chris mentioned he'd never tried a Russian caravan. Only for No, and I also learned in that episode that Kevin07... Um, created Aussie Arvo tea. It's true. It is true. So you can go check back on that bonus episode to hear probably too much of a conversation about tea. We should have been talking about the problem of Jesus, but we ended up talking about the problem of um, twinings. And that was good fun. But Chris... Can confirm though, Russian caravan tea is delightful. If well, that's good to know. Like, I might try that. Definitely try it. That is good to know. I actually feel it, it's great. It's a good first to have on the podcast where something you talk about actually comes to life it was it it felt pretty cool even though it didn't happen to me chris you're the beneficiary but it was a wonderful experience to be part of so thank you very much thank you for letting us talk about tea is this the point where i say i've never rode in a lamborghini before and then next week i just get a joyride gifted to me from a friend of the podcast lamborghini want to sponsor the podcast hey we are we to stop them Well, part three, love, dates, and heartbreaks, Chris. Uh, what a series so far. Perko inspired us last week. You kicked us off in week one, and we are mm. back with you for week three. Yeah. And um, a really another great installment of our dating series. I love it this time of year. Um, it's great to see, you know, people being invited to church. I think it's one of those ones where uh, where people just love hearing what what the guys on the stage at these churches love. Uh, you know, hear what they've got to say about relationships. So it's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, But Chris, give us a 
a 20 second recap of our part three message. Yeah. So pretty much we just looked at this idea that, um, that for a lot of us in relationships, um, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're single, that we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. And so we just looked in this message at the idea that you don't want to make next time uh, like the last time. And so we looked at some things you can do in the meantime to uh, help you ensure that next time isn't like the last time because no one wants to keep repeating their mistakes again and again and again. Yeah, definitely. And our four Monday was asking ourselves, what do we need to transform in the meantime? Maybe it's a break in our relationships or maybe we're just at a point where we're at a crossroads and something needs to change. And it's asking ourselves and asking God, what needs transformation? So jumping straight into our questions today, um, kind of on the back of that for Monday, Mm. I want your take on this, Chris. Um, You've been a local church pastor for coming up six years. So you've you've seen a few people. You've uh, got to know uh, people from a few walks of life. Sure. Uh, where are people resisting transformation in relationships? Um, yeah, this, what can you see? This actually, like, um, this is from the cutting room floor because I was gonna, I was gonna put this in the message, and it was just, it was just gonna be end up being too long, right? It's beyond the message exclusive, beyond the message exclusive, because obviously the four Monday uh, or the four Monday was to um, to figure out what areas of your life do you need to transform in the meantime. And, um, and so there's four things that I thought could be possible resistance things or, or reasons why people are like, ah, you know what? I don't want to transform or I don't need to transform in the meantime. Um, I don't think they're exhaustive. This is not an exhaustive list, but I think there's some reasons that people sort of say. Um, one of them, we looked at this in part one and it's the right person myth because it's kind of like, oh, well, well, I don't need to change anything about me because once I find the right person, everything will be all right. Okay. That's just simply put that's just escaping ownership of your actions like hey i don't have to own anything in this because it wasn't my fault another one i hear all the time is this idea that well my situation is unique like look i know everyone else has got to transform and got to change i know this might be not great for them but my situation is unique um and i i hate to be the bearer of bad news but it's not (laughs) okay there are thousands of people who have been in your situation. Um, you're, you are unique, but your situation is not. Um, you can believe it's unique. You can, yeah, convince yourself that it's unique. But what will end up happening is what ends up happening to everyone else in your situation. And then you'll just ask, like, why didn't I see it sooner? Why, why couldn't I see that sooner? So <clears throat> I think, like, that's another big resistor. People, like, try to rationalize. My situation is unique. It's different. Um, another one I hear a lot from Christians is like, it may not be right, but it makes me happy. And God wants me to be happy. Um, I never know when, whether to throw up or like, whether this like comment is just like, it's devastating and it's heartbreaking, but it also kind of, like I said, it makes me want to throw up a little bit. Um, cause Jesus actually gives us kind of a happy, a, a way of, to be happy. It's called the Beatitudes. It's in Matthew. Um, and he gives us a formula for how to be happy. And one of the things he says, uh, he doesn't use the word happy, he says blessed, but he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for what is right. Not, you know, and so the the idea that, well, it's not right, but it makes me happy, that kind of just doesn't gel with who God is. Um, and the reason it, it's not helpful and it doesn't, it's not going to be helpful for your long-term relationships is because often when we say things like, well, I know it's not right, what you're trying to fill is an appetite. 
and an appetite is never fully or finally satisfied, um, but you can grow an appetite. And so you'll just get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And the more you try and fill it, the more you'll find that you won't, you're not satisfied, even though you're kind of like, oh, but it makes me happy. Um, so that's, that's the third one. And the final one uh, that I hear is that sex will solve it. Um, oh, it's okay, right? It's fine. We just get physical or we've been physical and, you know, we've got these issues, but, you know, we just have great makeup sex and that's fine. It, it, that kind of plasters over the cracks. Um, I don't know if sex will solve it. I don't think I've ever had a scenario with someone <laughs> when they're like, you know what? Sex just uncomplicated my relationship. <laughs> um, yeah. Sex complicates things. Um, sex doesn't make things easier. Sex, I think, creates obligations. In fact, maybe there are some people listening to this podcast and they're like, I would have dumped him or I would have broken up with her a long time ago um, if we hadn't had sex because now I feel obligated and now I feel there's some expectations there. Um, sex also creates babies, uh, which definitely doesn't solve problems um, at all. And they're pretty so, cute. Yeah, babies are cute. Yeah, but it just <laughs> sex does not solve anything. If anything, it just adds a whole bunch of bunch of challenges and so if that's kind of standing in the way or your thing for res- for stopping transformation yeah it's it's going to come eventually it'll just be messier and more painful and I don't, I don't want that for you yeah there you go i also thought while you're speaking um mm. just just some other you know kind of common relationship mis- mistakes that we see all around us and potentially have been uh you know have happened to ourselves uh, i think of like you know too quick too soon you know um like people just diving straight into like commitment naming their first child on the first date that kind of stuff um that like that can mess you around emotionally in all sorts of different ways create so much complication um that's just one that came to my mind of just some you know just some common things that happen i think Um, it's big in church world too because i think in church world i don't understand why christians do this and if you're a christian that does this stop it like oh you're going out for coffee when's the wedding date like (laughs) stop that stop that that's not mature that's the height of immaturity like stop yeah that. yeah it's particularly complex in the church i think dating and relationships and um do i just leave it there i, I don't want to talk about that I, I will just add a comment the church should be the best place to have relationships and so and we make it the weirdest place so if you're a christian that makes it weird stop it just stop it it's annoying <laughs> I'm going to go like a, a, this is, you know, this comes out on, on a, a Wednesday. We're going to do a fourth Thursday, not for Monday. How can we stop being weird? This is just my sidebar of like, how do we stop that? Just, just put it into context. Like just because two people are getting coffee doesn't mean that they're, they're planning their life together. It's literally two people getting coffee. Let them get coffee. I walk through coffee shops all the time and I see people getting coffee and my mind doesn't automatically race to, oh, they must be spending their life together. <laughs> and in church world, it somehow is like, oh, my goodness, they're getting married. And it's like, stop it. Stop it. That's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. That's a good answer. <laughs> I think we should, all, we should all do that. That's good. I mean, that's, we kind of talked about how we can evade, avoid making those mistakes as like mm. general people. But for people looking to start relationships or in relationships, I think it's applicable as we've seen. Like, uh, obviously, there's some more specific um, kind of four Mondays towards like single people or people that are married. Like, I think it's all applicable. How do we stop and uh, how do we stop for a moment and avoid making these mistakes? And I would ask Chris, what steps do we actually need to take in order to overcome these mistakes? Because we, 
as we said, we don't want to get stuck in this continual cycle and loop of mistake after mistake, particularly the same ones over and over again. Honestly, I think, um, I think it's just this idea of evaluation, you know, and we can't, we touched on that in the message a little bit that like, there's this myth that says like, Oh, if I have more experiences, experiences, experience will make me wiser. Um, and we sort of said, well, that's actually not true. That experience will make you older, but it won't make you wiser. It's only, it's only evaluated experiences that make you wiser. And so that can, that can come in a number of shapes and forms. It can, it can be, if you're single, it can be looking at like, Hey, what, um, what part did I contribute to the relationships that have not worked out? What was my part in contributing to that? Um, and you might begin to see a trend. You might be like, Oh, wow. Like I, am really controlling in relationships and that kind of causes people to push away. Or maybe it was like, Hey, I really struggle to express my emotions and people that I've dated it constantly say, Hey, I, I don't know where you sit. I don't know where you stand on things. Um, for those of you who are married, uh, you could, this is easy. Just like get your husband, grab your wife and just say, Hey, like what mistakes do I make over and over and over and over and over again that bug you? Like they'll have a list. Okay. <laughs> they'll they'll have go a list straight to their notes folder of the phone. Some will be oh. bolded, others italic. Oh, no people, italic? it's just like, bam, here you go. Thank you for asking. I thought you never would. <laughs> They'll create like a Canva presentation as well, make it look pretty <laughs> and present it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure my wife's already got hers prepared. It's like sitting there. She's like, yeah, your wife, like, yeah, Molly's just like, oh man, when are we doing the relationship series? <laughs> I hope you ask a question about evaluating. Very good. Well, let's jump into the text that we went to on the weekend, mm-hmm. Romans 12, one of my personal favorite it's one of those like the avengers kind of passages where like they all the good ones just come together i feel like uh, romans 8 okay. romans 12 it's just like it, it, each each verse in it could be a standalone like you could have it on a coffee mug and yep. and look at it and be like that's a good verse yep. um they all come from romans 12 and chris what do we look at uh, i'm trying to find this verse here it was, uh it's, it's verse verse two was where we yeah it was verse two yeah yeah do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Um, so we're looking at this idea of transformation. Chris, I've got a weird translation. You can read yours there. Um, yeah. But Chris, I want to talk to you today about uh, how can we actually ensure that we are continually transformed by God and not just fall into those bad habits that we keep repeating? Yeah, I think particularly if you're a Christian, like verse one is, um, and, and you kind of said like, Romans 12 is so full of great stuff. But one thing that sometimes we do is, is we don't connect the passages together and sort of see them in their entirety. And Paul sort of starts off by saying like, let yourself, you know, you as an individual be a living and holy sacrifice. And uh, the first century would have got that because, you know, they sacrifice things all the time, but in our, like we don't sacrifice much. And so what Paul is saying is like, give your, if you're a Jesus follower, then you want to give your life to God like that's and and you give it to God because of of what he's already done for you and he even says that like you give yourself to God because of the fact that Jesus gave his life on the cross because that there's forgiveness of sins because there's a purpose to everything that's going on and then he, he actually sort of says like the Greek word true and proper um, is the English translation but it's like most logical way and so I think Sometimes the reason we fall back into our own habits is because we start kind of putting ourselves and living for ourselves again, instead of living our lives sacrificially for God. And we're kind of go, you know what, how can I get the most out of this relationship? How can I make this relationship about me? How can I make my dating life about me? 
as opposed to being like, how can I live a life that is, um, yeah, that's a living sacrifice to God. Um, And then he kind of goes on a little bit, obviously in verse two. And I think this can apply to you, even if you're not a Christian um, is don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you um, and by transforming the way you think. And so that's kind of the second part. Like if, if we're not living, if we're Jesus followers and we're not living for ourselves and we're living for God, well, that means we have to allow God's way of viewing the world, God's way of viewing people, God's way of viewing sexuality to transform who we are and transform the way that we interact. And so there's this, it's this process kind of talk. Um, It's only a short passage, but it it Mm. definitely like, I want people to understand what Paul's talking about here is a long process. It's not like a prayer, prayer, make a decision, stick your hand up. It's like, and it'll all be good. Paul's like, no, no, no. This will take a lot of time. Yeah. I like what I've got here. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Mm. Instead, fix your attention on God. And it's not exactly to do with relationships, but I was listening to a, um, an elective kind of, of a conference recently. Mm. And they mentioned they got um, this guy got his students to ask some people in their life that weren't church. So non-Christian people, um, what they thought it was like to be a Christian. And this person responded, this unchurched person said, well, if I was a Christian and if I was anything like you, I'd just be super busy. I'd always be in my car driving around from place to place. I'd be in meetings all day. Um, It sounds like church is exhausting. It sounds like your life that you live is exhausting. And I was like, gee, that's so crazy because I think this passage puts that uh, out so clearly that we become so well adjusted to the culture without even thinking. I know that's a, a different example. I think God's calling us to a different life, but in the context of relationships, like if people look in on our lives and that we just live in the same kind of life as everyone around us, um, that's not different. That's not appealing. That's not, uh, that's not, you know, in a way that's transformed. And I think God is really calling us into a way that um, is allowing him God to, to change, to renew our minds because we've, put our attention onto him and paul this is a theme that kind of appears over and over again in paul's writings where he talks about like in other passages like you got to daily die to self you got to daily be baptized and he talks about this like repetitive process of like he acknowledges he's like hey um the sin in me and the sin is in you is going to want to make your life all about you but if you want to make your life all about god if you want to really like like you said sort of break the mold and transform the way you live life then you've got to be in it for the long haul and you've got to recognize I'm not going to win it today and I'm not going to win it tomorrow, but it's going to be like this compounding effect of doing it over and over and over and over and over again and recognizing I'll never have to, like I'll never get to a point where I'm like, it's it's all over. Like I'll always have to go through that process. Too good. Well, our final question today, Chris, as I said, some of the four Mondays have been for, you know, for people that are married, people that are single. This one, mm. uh, Chris, some people might not like this one because uh, the first part of the four Monday was to ask yourself what does what needs transformation in the yeah. meantime. A second four Monday was to take a year off dating. Yeah. Why are you asking us that, to do that? <laughs> well, look, it, it might seem unfair, right? Because on the one hand, it's like, hey, if you're married, like fix this while you're married. And then it's like for all the single people, it's like, don't get into a relationship. And it's kind of like, well, that's, Here's the thing is married people don't have a choice, right? They got to fix it while they're in the, in the marriage, right? So they don't have a choice. You do, you do have a choice to fix it. And 
here's why I would say take a year off dating is because dating taking uh, dating distracts ultimately dating is a distraction and and it's a good distraction I, I mean that in the best way but it also means that there's less time to focus on things that you might think are important so if you've got a list of things that you need to transform what I want you to do is I want you to take 12 months to work on those things that you think said that needed transforming I mean we kind of already looked at the idea. It's it's going to take some time. It's going to be a process. So I want you to take some time to work on them. I want you to take some time to pray more, to read your Bible more, to get connected in a group and regularly attend a group. I want you to get in on a team and serve on a team. I want you to get to know who God is more so that you'll begin to transform those areas of your life and you won't get in a relationship and then kind of, oh, I kind of forgot about it. And then the relationship will end and have that same theme of the way that trend that kind of pops up in relationships that you have. And then you're like, ah, oh, dang it. Like now I'm another two years down the track. I wish I'd have taken that year off. And then there's all that, like, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should. So if you do it now, it'll save you, save you the hurt down the track, I think. And potentially the equivalent for married people or people in a relationship is to do those exact things that you're talking about in the year off. As you said, get connected, read your Bible, um, take that next step in your, your relationship with God. Like all those things, I think they're also as applicable for anyone. 100, 100%, 100%, I agree for married people as well. I think just when you're, um, when you're single and dating, you've got a little bit more time than you do when you're married and there's a way to th- see things a little bit more clearly. The other thing and why I stress this for people who are dating is because time gives you two things that you cannot get any other way. It gives you perspective and it gives you clarity. Perspective and clarity because you can see things that you can't see in the moment when you have time and things become clearer in time that are not in the moment. And so what I want for people with this is that by the time they get to become married, by the time they get get and stand in front of someone and make some vows, that they've transformed and they've worked on a whole bunch of things. And so they're bringing less baggage to the marriage. And so there's less things going to pop up down the track. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, Lastly, I think this one fits really well in this part, particularly Mm -hmm. with taking some extended periods of time to work on your relationship with God is that I have a good mate who talks about, um, you know, your relationship with God, your personal relationship with God, the one that goes kind of upwards, you and God, Mm-hmm. is the one that sustains the relationships that go sideways, you know, you and other people. And the better we can protect and look after the relationship that we have with God, the better our, our relationships are with the people around us. Um, I think that's just a kind of truth that I'd love to kind of bless some people with this week. Mm. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, part three, done and dusted. Thanks, Chris, for jumping on. Um, really appreciate it and can't wait to get into our final part of Love Dates and Heartbreaks. We'll see you this time next week. See ya.